is the comparison for Daryl? As James Ham Man. joins us here of the Kings beat is I don't King, even introduce James. ESPN anymore. thirteen twenty Kings insider James Ham. James, you you live through Darren Williams. Who is Darren Williams today? You know, well, <laughs> you know who it might um, be. Yeah, that's a good De'Aaron question. Fox. That's what I was going to say. Is it five? <laughs> it might be De'Aaron Is it De'Aaron Fox? Fox? No. No? Because no? Fox is way faster. Way, well, way, I'm just way saying faster. like the way he's viewed, like his ranking on the list of point guards today. Yeah, I mean, I think he's like uh, – Brunson is one who he reminds mm, me of as far as a player. A oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Uh, or like a Malcolm Brogdon with a little bit more game, like good Malcolm Brogdon, not the the one that we've seen like the last year, like pre-injury Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I have a like slightly jaded view of of Darren Williams. Oh um, no. <laughs> yeah, because like it, his last couple of years were a mess, right? Yep. And and so basically. I mean, Jerry Sloan, he won the battle and Jerry Sloan quit because of him. Mm. And having him, like going into a locker room, that jazz locker room was a mess. It it was a mess. So like I remember interviewing someone right next to, uh, I'm trying to think who it was. Maybe it was like mm, Matt Harpering, somebody, maybe not. We were interviewing someone next to Darren Williams and it was post game and Darren was waiting for his chance to talk. Um, but instead of like sitting there waiting respectfully, uh, he decided to put his, his, uh, headphones on and loudly recite explicit lyrics while we were trying to have camera while, while cameras are rolling in the stall next to him mm. and really like basically making anything that his teammates said, uh, like not uh, not viewable for television uh, because his voice was in the background popping off with uh, very explicit <laughs> lyrics. And then the second it was his turn, he pulled his headphones off and was like a choir boy and ready for his questions. Um, so like I've seen stuff like that a couple of times in the locker room, but he was one of the prime examples of guys that were probably like disrespectful towards like the process and towards his teammates Mm -hmm. in that setting and towards the media and like shockingly disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, and then just the way he ran basically Jerry Sloan out of the building, that was tough too. Uh, Mm -hmm. cause you know, when growing up, Jerry Sloan is, is like, like one of the toughest, like he's, he's like the Clint Eastwood of, of head coaches, you know, he's this grizzled dude who doesn't take anything from anyone, broken nose, tough guy. Uh, and then to see him like late in his game and really like having problems with a singular player that, that seemed to me like it was, uh, like not the way you want to go out in the league, especially for a legend. Yeah, Who's true. the Clifton pal of <laughs> head coach? No, never mind. You're listening to Deal. I'm gonna get Clifton Pal on the show, man. Do, we, oh, we, hey, we got time. We got time. <laughs> You're listening to Deal and KC on KIFM West Sacramento, 98.5 FM KRXQ HD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Our 1320 Kings Insider and creator of the Kings Beat, uh, James Ham, kind enough to join us. Uh, here today is the Sacramento Kings wrap up their first part 
of the NBA season. And we'll start with last night's game, a loss to the to the Phoenix Suns. Hammer, what, what were your takeaways from last night's game? Um, I like I know I'm gonna like get shade for this. Yep. Like people Uh-oh. aren't gonna like it. Yep. Um my takeaways were man, you probably should have gone out and got a backup center at the deadline. Man, you should have got more length at the three four at the deadline. Man, you might have wanna address James. a backup point guard position at the trade deadline. Well um those uh, w- were things that popped into my head while I was watching the game while Kessler Edwards was on the court and Keon Ellis and James, uh, what would the backup center have done yesterday? Uh, maybe slowed, uh, giving you a different look than what you had, no. uh, and and slowed DeAndre Ayton slightly. I don't know. I, I don't, those are just like while I'm watching, I, I, that's what like instantly popped in my head. Like this Suns team is missing Kevin Durant and Landry Shamit and like some some players Cameron Payne right mm-hmm. like this Suns team is going to be better 2 weeks from now than they are today and the Kings are who they are so the Kings like, but but here's the deal when people say that you mean to tell me the Kings will be able to hang with the Suns if they got Mason Plumley or Josh Richardson well, I mean, you had you had holes that you could have you could have worked with. I just don't that, think they'd be. I just don't with, think they'd be on with the, the floor Suns with I, those two players. I, I think that's what we just keep getting stuck on is in a in a tight game. Like, when would they have been on the floor? Like, Domas played a ton of minutes last night, and and I think part of it is you you're you're in the game. I think Mike does a great job of coaching in the feel of the game. I don't think there would have been room for them. I mean. That's that's always going to be the question, right? Like whether like acquiring players just to acquire players doesn't make sense. Acquiring players that that can't get on the court, you know, it doesn't matter how good a guy is defensively if he if he can't play, if he's not on the court, right? Like it's the Casey Akpala thing. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if Casey Akpala is one of your best defenders if he's not good enough to play, he's not good enough to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, just my concern again is that you you just faced two teams that are competing with you for the three, four, five, six spot. And you didn't have an answer for JaVale McGee on Friday, Saturday, and you didn't have answers for some of the things that you know are going to be problems. And that's all like this team, this Kings team is good and and they're, they're battling and, you know, they're fighting for their spot in, in in the standings. Um, But, you know, they're, that doesn't mean that their roster is perfect or that they couldn't have been better. And I think that's the biggest point. Like if you had an opportunity to get better, like you get better because that's what the other like eight teams in your conference that were hoping to battle for a playoff spot or seven teams, you know, take out Denver. Uh, they all look to get better. And, you know, most of them did. So Ham, what do you say to um, the reports that the Kings did try to get better? And they were trying to get Jared Vanderbilt and kind of got the rug pulled from under them when Utah or um, yeah Utah went with a different deal with them. I mean, like that's that was the thing. Like, man, you didn't go out and get better. You didn't go and get better. It takes two to tango. Like, you you can inquire all you want if somebody's doing a deal with somebody else. There's not. What, what did we hear um, last week about um, Mason Plumley? 
Like they, they Charlotte wanted, wanted Charlotte to miss to, to the contender. Yeah. Like, what do you do you're about the, that if you're a Monty McNair? <laughs> but if you're the three seed, you're the three seed, or you're not the three seed. Like, I, that, uh, you know, like general managers don't see Sacramento yeah, as a yeah, contender, yeah, yeah. and we can't do that well, because no, I, because I, because I all get, year. Cause, no, we can't do that though, Ham. Because when I'm in, like, yo, they're in third place. People are like, well, it's only because the West. Is they're now. a week away. Yeah, yeah. So we're not gonna switch it up now. We're not gonna act like um, they're a contender when when it when when this trade discussion comes up. Well, that's but that's what I'm saying. Like, like if you're gonna fight the good fight and mm. say that you think that they are that team, then like when that's brought up, you know, like at the end of the day, if you gave Charlotte more than an $11 million expiring contract and one second round pick, they're going to take the deal. They're, they're not going to value a player that's been there a year and a half over assets. And we can talk about like what the Kings got done, what they didn't get done. Like, if the deal is better with some other team, then you have to increase your offer. That's the way the game works. That's the way trades work. And you can't convince me that you didn't have more to offer for Thibel, uh, because I can quickly give you a deal that would have been better for both Charlotte and potentially for the 76ers, uh, especially if you would have done the deal earlier and used your trade exception. Um, you could have completely wiped out the need for one of those teams to have to give up a player. Um, you know, like you could have done a deal to get uh, Mason Plumley, where you gave up Alex Len and uh, like a $2 million player and the salary cap works, right? So as opposed to taking back an $11 million contract that you bought out in Reggie Jackson, you could have taken... $8 million in contract or $6 million in contract and bought those out and saved money and got your second round pick out of the Kings for Mason Plumley and put Mason Plumley in a situation where he's playing with Jay Triano, who, you know, he coached, he was, he played for last year. So like, those are deals where like, look at the end of the day, if you don't close the deal, you don't close the deal. Like we don't know all the deals that were out there. Of course, the Kings were trying to make trades. Like, of course they were. I'm not saying that they weren't. I know that they were in on Thibel until the last second, and they thought they had Thibel and didn't get him. And so at what point do you have to figure out a way to sweeten the deal and make sure you get a guy? And, you know, that's going to be up to the Kings to manage there's, their there's, assets the way they want to manage there, them. There's got to be a fine line between sweetening a deal, sweetening a deal and the deal becoming bad. That's a, fi- that's well, a fine line for Monty to walk. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree that there's a fine line to walk, but um, but the the game is to improve your roster. That's that's the ultimate goal, and you don't want to mortgage the future like what we saw some of these teams do, <clears throat> completely mortgage their future. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Adding a, a third second-round pick isn't mortgage, mortgaging the future when we saw what the Kings did with their second-round picks last year and the year before. That's not. So, yeah, I could I think my point is, could they have done something? We're acting like all of a sudden there wasn't a single deal that the Sacramento Kings could make to improve their roster. That's just BS. It's just not accurate. Like they got beat out for deals that were sitting there. The players, these players that we bring up that could have potentially been there for the Kings. The reason why we bring up some of these players is because 
they they actually had conversations. We know that they liked Baisley. We know that they liked Thibel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that they liked Vanderbilt. We know that they liked Plumley. Like those are deals where they were there, and every single one of those players got traded, just not to you. Which means either the deal got way too steep for you, and they were charging you some weird Kings tax which doesn't make any sense because it's a trade deadline. Like everyone's trying to either get better or get worse. That's that's the way the trade deadline works. Collect assets at, for, for players that are better than what the asset is today or like try to get better. And so like, look, I I don't think they they just didn't close deals that, that probably made sense and that we know that they like the players. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'd look at a game like last night, and I just don't think that um, Mason Plumlee was an X factor. I think the fact that you turned the ball over 17 times that led to 25 points for the Phoenix Suns is the reason why you lost last night. I'll give Ham this, too, in in terms of what Ham's talking about improving the roster because we talked about it earlier. That bench was rough last night. Yeah, rough. Bench was rough. 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 Outside of Terrence Davis, that bench was really bad last Mm -hmm. night, James. I mean, you turned to Kessler Edwards and Keon Ellis in the third quarter of Briefly. a very crucial game. If you blinked right? or went to the bathroom, you missed you missed <laughs> Keon Ellis. He was there. It's it's true. We can confirm. But if you if you just happened yeah. to be you know drinking a glass of water in that moment, you missed it. He came in. He fouled someone. He went out. Um, and you know, like I, like it was the final twenty three seconds or something like that, right? Uh, but at the same time, Kessler mm-hmm. Edwards went in the game for longer than that. And and I don't hate what he did. Like I I thought, man. He does move well. He can defend on the perimeter. Yeah. He is long. He he reminded me a little bit of Casey Akpala, uh, just like a like a more developed, like like bigger version. Like as far as weight, he probably outweighs Casey by 10, 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, but like you don't have time to tinker, and there was some tinkering going on in that game where you looked at the final, you know, you looked at your bench and thought, okay, where am I going to go? And, and I don't, you know, Mike Brown had to tinker at some point, but he doesn't have, again, like he doesn't have a proven shot blocking agile big that he can put in the game. He's got, you know, Alex Len who hasn't played in months. Um, and he's got Rashawn Holmes, which sure does seem like they're not going to go too hardly at all here. Well, Chemezi uh, can't go out there and do nothing. Right. He, like yeah. like Kessler Edwards, like I kind hey all right, but we we outlined this when he was traded. He hasn't played; he's barely played this year. I think his last the last time he'd been on a floor before last night was like December tenth. I think it was it was a while oh, ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, he he didn't play in Brooklyn, so I get he got he's got he's got to get back out on the floor. Chemezi can't go out there and do nothing, yeah. and that's what he did. And, and and there's two different conversations here right now because Kessler. And um, and Keon probably aren't playing if they have their best bench player available. Mm. Like those minutes are probably Terrence Davis minutes. Terrence Davis had to take Monk's minutes, mm-hmm. so that's why he went a little deeper into the rotation. If Malik Monk is there, you probably get more production from the bench, and you probably don't even play those two guys. And the and the guy that's probably been one of the most consistent guys off the bench all year had a bad game. Trail House had a bad yeah. game. He was one of seven. I think he had four points. He didn't play well. It happens. I know you hate this. Malik was a plus five yesterday. I said that just to piss you off. Uh, uh, Terrence was a plus five. Hey, damn, Malik Terrence, plus five. Ter- <laughs> Inactive. Terrence was a plus five yesterday. 
God damn, plus minus. Plus minus. Yeah, I mean, but did uh, the plus minus of De'Aaron Fox versus uh, Davion Mitchell, it, I'm just going to tell you, it looked like the right plus minus, right? Yeah. So I, I think sometimes yeah. the plus minus, it doesn't it doesn't work with what the eye test tells you. And then sometimes you look at it and go, okay, the second De'Aaron Fox stepped off the floor every single time, it was like, oh, there goes any lead you had, and there goes a gigantic deficit. Russell Westbrook would and, fix that. <laughs> he would fix that. <laughs> yeah, he'd make the pluses plusser and the minuses minuser. <laughs> it's terrible, James. It's a Hall of Fame basketball player right there. It depends on which version you get from one night to the next. Hey, well, I'll tell you what he's going to do, though. He's going to bust his ass every time he's out there on the floor. And to be clear... Yep. I believe Russell Westbrook is going to the Los Angeles Clippers. But if y'all keep screaming about backup point guards, there is a potential point guard out there, and his name is Russell Westbrook. Monty, if you're listening, get on the phone. I don't think you've got a shot, Monty, but get on the phone anyways. <laughs> yeah, we just had that question. Uh, we, we went through all of the names in the buyout market or that could be in the buyout market. Is there anyone you guys like for the Kings? I mean, because Pat Bev is, has been bought out, no, right? no. no. Uh, no. Stanley Johnson was bought out. I would like out. for them to take a, a shot at Stanley Johnson. It's their what turn about John to take Wall? a shot at Stanley Johnson. <laughs> it's the King's turn. Like, okay, so you got John Wall. You got Russell I actually Westbrook. don't hate the John yeah, not, Wall I'm idea. I don't hate the John Wall idea. Okay, Nerlens, which is still probably going to get bought out. They, he hasn't been bought out, but there's a good chance now that the Weissman deal happened because uh, he's hiding out in Detroit. There's a better chance that he gets bought out because with Weissman and Jalen Dern and uh, Isaiah Stewart and Marvin Bagley and all that, they don't need him. So um, I, I, and they're not going to pick up his contract. I, I think it's worth pointing this out, and these are f- fine conversations to have. But when you look around at like guys who have been Reggie Jackson, they're signing in Phoenix, mm-hmm. in Dallas, Denver. in Denver. Um, Milwaukee, but like they're they're signing on teams they feel like they have a, a chance to win a championship. I believe Russell Westbrook's gonna feel like he has a chance to win a championship with the Los Angeles Clippers. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it, it, as as a, much of a feel good story as this is, as good of a team as I believe the Sacramento Kings are, I don't think someone in that market who has the ability to literally go wherever they want to is gonna sign in Sacramento. I agree. I mean, because I think all those guys you just named are going to get offers. John Wall, I don't really know. I like the idea of John Wall. John Wall has showed clearly he's not washed. Like, he Mm -hmm. could still play ball. Uh, Can he do what you want him to do? He could score a lot more than Davion Mitchell can. He can't guard like Davion Mitchell, so there's a trade off. Right. But he can score. We we keep crying about defense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And the other guy was Will Barton. I like Will Barton, too. Like, sure. uh, You know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I like all of these guys, but. Like, that's always the problem. Like, I, I know a lot of people, the first thing they said, hey, jump in the buyout market. And it's like, okay, when was the last time the Kings signed someone in the buyout market? And then their answer was the same answer that we had earlier. Well, the Kings weren't the third seed in the Western Conference. It's like, okay, like, that's fine. Let's let's go ahead and, like, let's make a bet on how many players are going to sign here in the buyout market. The Kings are still like, not perceived as the third seed in the Western Conference. They are but they're not perceived as the third seed in the Western yeah. Conference. Which is why you couldn't get Mason TNT is going to go out of their way to not talk about the Kings being yeah. in the third spot uh, when they talk about the standings in the Western Conference this weekend. Which is which yeah. is why you didn't – one of the reasons why you didn't get Mason Plumley. Probably, yeah. Because 
Like, I think they're the third seed. I don't think they're looked at as a championship contender. And if, they, if that yeah, was one of the things they were trying to do. It, it doesn't matter what Charlotte says. Like, if you offered well, them more what they, than they what they, they got, they're going to go with the deal. Like, they'll they'll tow this company. Oh, we wanted to get Mason. We have so much respect for him. We want to get him to well, the right spot. Well, what's more? Four second-round picks? Like, well, well, see, that's it, right. That's what's, the, what's more? No, no. Mason Plumley. Yeah. No, they got one second-round pick. They No. So, what, you want to give them three? Like, no, they are, got, they, are they, they really going to be like, well, they're giving us two second-rounders, so we're going with that deal? No, they'll send them to yes. the Clippers. No, they won't. Not for two. Like to change their mind, they're probably talking three or four. And what are we talking about at that point for Mason Plumley? Wait, wait. I, I'm confused. All things, why, well, all things considered. Why would all things considered? If 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 they got one second round pick from uh, from the Clippers to to send Mason there, and the Kings said we'll give you two, they were not taking the Kings deal. That's not enough. Like to sweeten the pot to be like, man, this is just too much. It would be three or four, and what are we doing giving up three or four second rounders for Mason Plumlee? No, no, that's that's that that's just not the case. They wouldn't like, if they got one second round pick, a second second round pick actually has value. Like, I'm not saying they, it doesn't. If they had if they had one deal with two second round picks, one deal with one second round pick, they're taking the deal with two. That's second not round enough. Picks. If if Damian's my man's and and that's my man, and this other guy on the street is offering me two, but this is my guy. Don't trip, Dame. That two, yeah, that two is there. I'll do it for one because you're my guy. Jerry yeah, West, Mitch Kupchak, you're my guy. I'll do it for one. It's good. Two's not good enough. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with any, that. <laughs> you got to make them an I, offer they can't refuse, and that's kind of what I feel like it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, when I we're know. talking about collecting assets at the trade deadline for a team that's at the bottom of the Eastern Conference – they're collecting assets. They don't really care. It's a nice story after the fact that we wanted to send him to the right place. Whatever. The guy was there for a year and a half. He wasn't there for five years. <laughs> I mean, you know, like Mason Plumley was, they traded for him. He was but like I, a short-term rental. I do think the Mitch Kubchak, Jerry West thing has validity to it. That's, oh, oh, that's, that's possible, part of the game. Like, like, that's part of what this is. Yeah, but like we talk about that it, then, you know, the Kings didn't get the deal done with Monty McNair and his guy, uh, Daryl Morey, in, with the 76ers for Thibel. Oh. Well, so, you, like, you said they were in on it. They thought they were going to get it. I don't know what happened. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, this is this is business. It's not about, like, if you have a, an option to get better, and whether that's assets or whether it's, like, a player, you go with what's better. You that's you know we're not seeing NBA teams giving away things to their friends just to give things away to their friends. I'm I'm sorry, Pal Gasol is on the line. <laughs> they want to have a conversation. <laughs> Lakers Pal Gasol trade is on the line. Um, okay, we we've okay. How about this, James? We're when did DeAndre dead horse? Is that what we're doing? Poor dead horse. When did and I don't know why we always why why like leave don't let's let's not have dog fights or beat horses. Let's Who's just in leave, the cat bird seat? Let's let's leave bird. <laughs> let's just leave let's leave animals out of this. Um, when did DeAndre Ayton become Kareem Ayton Jabbar? <laughs> He he. I, the, the stat sheet said he was thirteen of seventeen last night. I'm convinced he didn't miss a single shot. He yeah. hit everything. Like they got, like Chris Paul was in a groove last night. Like they, 
they they were they looked good last night, Hammer. They ate you alive in the in the mid range. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know I don't know what to make of that. Like seven made uh, threes for Phoenix last night. Mm. Yeah, did Devin Booker even take one? He did not. Mm. Yeah, he Devin was Booker zero didn't take for a three. zero. That that's a, a very very good uh, scouting report by the Phoenix Suns and a team that bought into the scouting report and lived it. That's what that was like. I, first of all, the thing that impressed me with Aiden it, and I've been hard on Aiden. Uh, like I don't you know again is he's he is probably a top ten center in the NBA, but mm-hmm. like how high up that list, I don't know. He's quietly um, had a very nice season, he's, by the way. I, I, yeah, good. I thought his decision making last night showed me like huge progress in him. He caught the ball, turned and fired. Mm-hmm. Even in the mid-range. Like there were moments where it was like, "Holy cow, did you see how fast he got that shot up?" Those are things that he hadn't done. Like his mid-range jumper like was spectacular. He he literally like just looked like he watched Thomas Bryant against <laughs> uh Demonis Sabonis. Like he he read the scouting report, he saw that game and said, oh, I can do that. Like, all I got to do is, like, just turn around and hit the open jumper. Okay, I'm game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, the Kings, again, we're, we're talking about the scout, the scouting report on these guys. You got to figure out ways to beat teams, and the there's plenty of tape on the Kings at this point, and we're seeing centers go in and shoot over the top of Sabonis. That He needs more help. That's what he needs. He needs help at... At the four, he needs help at the backup center position. He just needs more help. Uh, even if it's guards collapsing and, and giving some resistance on the backside to uh, to Aiton on some of those plays, whatever it is, you got to figure it out because that, to me, was they just ate the Kings alive in the pick and roll. I mean, Chris Paul had nine first quarter assists. He just picked them apart, and then he went to work and started hitting his mid-range jump shot. And, and again, that was because the Kings tried to make an adjustment on the big and he just ate them alive. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's just one of those guys, man. Yeah. The Suns play better. I mean, we talk about all the yeah. things that the Kings didn't have and, and what they did. They still were right there with about five minutes to go. Mm-hmm. You know, they missed some shots. Uh, there was a couple of shots by Chris Paul that were that's, – that's not a scouting report shot. Like, he hit some nasty fall-away shots. Devin Booker hit some nasty fall-away shots. Couple of their Kevin Herter threes didn't go. Yeah. Trey Lowes, it's just it's the game. It's uh, sometimes it's not um, sometimes it's not a big sweeping indictment on the roster, the players, the other team, anything like that. Like you play a game, somebody wins and makes shots. Uh, and they didn't revoke De'Aaron and Domas's All Star no. status last night. Like you, you, you play a game. I hope and not. You they had thirty five, twenty four, and fifteen. <laughs> right, right, you play a game, you lose. Phoenix, Phoenix hit some big shots last night. They they played really well, and and they won that game. That's all it is. Yeah, and I look at like here people in the in the chatty house saying, "Hey, Domas has to be better on defense." Like you have to understand that. Domas's job is not to defend the the opposing center for 48 straight minutes uh, or even for the 36 minutes that he's in there. He has all these other responsibilities to to have like weak side help and to support his teammates in specific ways to play in the pick and roll. There are all these different aspects. And the fact that the Kings don't have guys that are stepping up alongside him 
that they don't have guards and forwards that are keeping players out of the key, that are breaking down the King's defense and then creating space for his player Mm -hmm. to get, Mm -hmm. you know, two feet of space to get a shot up. Like those are things that have been that, that Mike Brown has had to deal with all season long. Like you can even look at the fact that teams hit a bunch of threes against the Kings, right? That's a conscious decision from Mike Brown to try to p- protect Demonis Sabonis from getting in foul trouble. So his guards and his wings don't, they keep letting guys get to the middle of the key. Sabonis gets caught in rotation, gets foul calls against him, has to go sit on the bench. How do you stop that? You sink your defensive players back a step and give up more options on uh, outside the three-point line to protect Sabonis in the middle. And that's not because Sabonis is a horrible defender. It's because a lot of the players around him aren't keeping their guys out of the key. And then we add to that the rebounding aspect where Sabonis has all of these responsibilities as a rebounder. Man, like Harrison Barnes had two rebounds last night, and one of them came really, really late in the game. Mm. He's averaging three and a half rebounds over his last 25 games. Mm. Like, where did you go? You were the second leading rebounder on this team, and all of a sudden... Oh, Keegan Murray stepped up and started grabbing a few more rebounds. Okay. You you needed Keegan Murray to step up and start grabbing more rebounds to help the team, not so Harrison Barnes doesn't have to grab rebounds. Or like it's it's like there's some aversion to rebounding on this team out of nowhere, which they were again one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league for about forty games. Teams have made adjustments. They're 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 pushing the envelope on the Kings because they see they're they're scouting them in a different way than they did at the beginning of the season. There's more tape on them at this point. Well, they did out rebound them yesterday. They did out rebound. <laughs> Dallas didn't make no. Well, we'll 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 step out. We'll 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 come back. We'll talk more with James Ham. Probably not agree on anything, but we'll talk <laughs> Kings basketball here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and Casey continues on ESPN 1320. I think I just figured it all out. We welcome everybody on the Odyssey app, 1320 AM, 98.5 FM, HD2. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe buttons. I just figured out the all-star thing. Mm -hmm. If we loan James's boats Mm -hmm. to the NBA, they could dock like they did in Rio and all-star game here in Sacramento. That's a good call. Good call, partner. I don't have any... Would you no be willing? Boats. Would you be willing to loan your three boats to the National Basketball Association? So, I've got no covered boats. It wouldn't. It wouldn't help. <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking about the. the at least thing. two teams could stay at Ham's house. Well, that's for sure. And then the other <laughs> four could stay at your house. That's cap. Nobody's no. staying in my house. Well, it's, my it's house Serge is Ibaka that staying big. at my your hell house. He is. The hell he is. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, I was thinking about the the cruise ship thing too. I mean, like it's not going to happen, but it, I, there's a different way to get the cruise ship downtown because they can't get it past the Tower Bridge. No, so, you can take it up the the Delta. Like, there's a way to get a cruise ship. There are like container ships and stuff that come up the Delta. Huh. Like okay. there, no, there's a way to do it. Like a cruise ship can fit all the way up there. They had like an area to dock it and everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. They should do it. How the many port hotels of Sacramento. do we really See, there need? we go. That's what it was. The port of Sacramento. Port of Sacramento. 
The tour, no, uh, Bryce says the Tower Bridge opens. It doesn't open, it raises, and it doesn't it raise raises. higher than a cruise <laughs> yeah. ship. Oh, a cruise ship is huge. Yeah. 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 We'll figure still, it out, Adam. I still don't Just understand. book it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Just book, Just book it, Adam. If you go into Salt Lake City, you can go anywhere. That's facts. Yeah. Facts. I would also, like, there's a couple of towers that are being built in Sacramento, you know, a couple of big apartment complexes. Mm. If you can... Uh, or, or you know, whatever their lofts or whatever they're doing. If you can, like, build those buildings for an event like that, then convert them afterwards, then that works as well. So yeah. there's another. But you have to have uh, everything building at once. There's like a, a high-end Marriott that's that's being built too. Yeah, they also like the Hyatt just got built. There's a, a small Hyatt right by the arena now. Like mm. on the corner, right around the corner. The one downtown, they got a little rooftop, something I heard about. I'm going to have to go check that out in the springtime. I think that's what we're talking about. It's the same one. It's um, like it's on the corner of uh, 7th and L. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Right by, yeah. right by the Starbucks, right past the Starbucks down the cor- on the corner, there's a they converted an old oh, hotel. Oh, yeah, that, that one. Was... Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I, I've been in that. That's, that's a nice hotel. Well, I've been in the lobby. That's really nice. But yeah. I think there's a, an, another rooftop joint. What's the old one that people used to stay at, the player, the teams? I think Kobe got sick. Down oh, Sheridan. The Not the Sheridan. I think it was the other sh- one that's right across from the Capitol. What is that? Isn't it the Sheridan? No, the Sheridan's next to the convention center. The 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 one on the other side. Of the Sheraton, it's basically on the other side of the Sheraton. I know I can huh. visualize I can visualize capital. it. I don't remember what yeah. what hotel it is. The Sheraton's next yeah. to the convention center. The oh, they're Hyatt? saying the Hyatt, the Hyatt, yes. the Hyatt Regency, yeah, the yeah, Hyatt yeah. Regency. Good call, Chatty House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what we're doing right now. Well, did Where's next picture? year? Where did that come from? <laughs> Where's next year? Is next year Indy? Yeah. Oh man, it's nasty, bro. It's Got nasty. the skywalk. You can walk to everything. Good God. Yeah, doing? I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that they're missing is that California weather this time of year. I mean, it's cold. Yeah, it's a bad us. example we're today, like, but yeah. yeah. We're like, holy cow, it's cold. Uh, it's 53 degrees. Like, I went to New York City, and it was like negative 9. That's nasty, bro. And, and, like, you couldn't walk a city block without having to drop into, like, a coffee shop because I was getting frostbite on my face and my ears. Like, it was so cold. Oh, you got the Tom Coughlin when it gets too cold. <laughs> yeah. Your face yeah. gets really I'd red. Get the red. Yeah. yeah. Cra- but I think everyone was that way. I mean, it was so cold. Like, it wasn't Shoot, it I wasn't went to the All-Star game in Dallas. It was snowing. Black ice. Come on, man. We don't want yeah. that. I think, I, I, I honestly do there. think they're going to, uh, and this is the sad thing about it, I think they're going to go back to the Bay Area soon. That's oh like yeah 20, yeah yeah they'll go to Chase. By the time they announce it, it'll be like twenty five years since they've been. Yeah, they'll go there before they come to the Bay or, or to Sacramento. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, Chase Center, Vegas. They they no, they can go back to Vegas. We'll be live. They gonna do Allegiant? You think they'll do Allegiant, or will, will they just go to Thomas and Matt or no, they'll MGM? Do they'll do Allegiant. You think so? Yeah, yeah, they'll do Allegiant. They did Jerry's World. They did. That's. that's the one I nearly died at. Oh my gosh. Van hits the van hits the turn, snowing, black ice everywhere. I would say we were on three wheels, might have been on one wheel Jeez. at that point. I was just like, well, Goodness. this is it. This is it. Steadies the vehicle. The, not used to driving in this weather. You don't say. You don't say. <laughs> All right. It's cool.
Uh, That's we'll one thing moving. I miss about not traveling. I uh, I do miss like I was in um, New Orleans and an 85 year old uh, woman picked me up and drove me around town. Oh. And she she said she if she stays home that the the grandkids drop the great grandkids off and leave them there with her all day. So she just tells everybody she's going to go do her driving and was an Uber driver. I missed I missed the Uber drivers. They're the best. Like in every city you go to, you're just meeting new people and like sitting in someone's car and hanging out. That's tremendous. Yeah. That's a good life. Um, James, this is the best. I'll play along here. First half of basketball. There you go. There you go. First part, but fine. It's first half of basketball uh, you've ever covered uh, as yep. a reporter, as a writer. Um, I, I think. I don't remember if it was this. I know this question was asked of Monty a couple of days ago, but when did you think, "Hey, I think we got something here"? At what point in the first part of this season did you think, "I, I, I think we might have something here"? Yeah, he talked about the Utah game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, you keep waiting for the moment for it to end. I think that's something that we're conditioned here in Sacramento. I'll tell you the the moment against Dallas on um, on Saturday. That was a moment where De'Aaron Fox like said, "I am a star," mm-hmm. and like of all the moments of his career, that was one that I think was just stunning to watch. And it was like, yeah, they've got two superstars. Well, like, what am I? Mm-hmm. And he just went out there. He was the best player on the court. And so I can tell you, like, for. Like, Fox has had a bunch of great moments. Sabonis has had a bunch of great moments. They've had good moments as a team. Getting a win like that against a rival that's right on your tail, that if you if you lose that game, you're looking at not being the fourth seed going into, um, not being the third seed going into the uh, into the All-Star break. Like, I keep waiting, like, all, all the time for that moment where they, it's like, oh, great, they just lost five in a row. Like, here we go again. Let's see if they bounce back. And that's just because, again, like we've been preconditioned here for failure, like so many years of, of like, you know, failed experiments, like, uh, and, and this team keeps plugging away. And so I think that that's cool to watch them, like have some resiliency and, and to show that they can, you know, do, do something that no one else has done here for 16 years. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's very cool to see, um, there there are some really good moments from this first half. Like when you go back and you look about look back on, you know, the buzzer beaters or some reactions um from from home games. I don't know if this is when I knew they were real. Um but it it feels like the earliest moment when I felt this way was that Detroit game and the way they came back and the way they won that game, the one at home. Um that's I guess that's probably when I started to believe in what I have deemed the superpower, I was like, oh, these guys, they don't play defense, but they're going to score. And if you, if, if you can't stop them from scoring, they're going to they gonna bring you out into the deep waters and they're going to get you. That's what happened. Detroit played a great game. They played a great game offensively that game. Like Kevin Knox was hitting threes. They were hitting. 
But they couldn't do a, it for the whole game. There were some excited people in the front row for there that game. There were some excited people in the front row who were sitting very sheepishly come the last four yeah, or five minutes. Probably because they read your derogatory tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't Actually, talk to him I, like I did Devin Booker. Yeah, you did. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say this. Going back and looking at the schedule, um, it's so early in the season, but the seven-game win streak was so improbable. Mm. Um, early in the year. So you, you know, you saw them, they beat Orlando in overtime, but that only put them at three and five. Then they beat, they lost to the, the Warriors the next day, uh, the next game and dropped a three and six. And you looked at the schedule and it was Cleveland, Lakers, Warriors, Nets, and just those four right there. I thought, okay, this could be five straight losses. Mm-hmm. And they, and even like the thoughts sunk in right there, like, Will they ever get back to 500? Will they ever have an opportunity? Because, again, if you lose those games, and, again, Cavs, Lakers, Warriors, Nets, those four games, that puts you at, like, 3-10 and on the season. Seven games under 500 is really hard to come back from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after that, you had the Spurs, you had the Pistons, but even the seventh game in that series was the Grizzlies. And it's that might have been the moment where it's like, okay, this team does have some resiliency. They do have some oomph. They they walked, you know, they they beat a really good Cavs team. They beat the Lakers, you know, and even the game against Brooklyn where they dropped like 150. That was the one where you're like, holy cow, this team has so much offensive firepower. And we kept looking at the stats even then, like, oh, their offense is really good. This is kind of weird. And I even remember saying, like the advanced stats said that their offense was way better than a top 10 because right then they're 10 or 11 mm-hmm. in offensive rating. I kept telling you guys like the true shooting numbers are number one by such a far shot. The uh, you know effective field goal percentage, the assisted turnover ratio, all of those things had them as a much better offense than what they were as far as like the overall statistics said. And then all of a sudden they clicked and they started just rolling on teams. And you're like, oh, wow, look at this team go. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was when I like, oh, okay, maybe they have something here. But, you know, again, you're you're waiting as someone who's covered this team forever for the shoe to drop, the other shoe to drop like all the time. You're like, okay, when's this going to end? Because I'm not used to this. Hey, this is an exciting – I'm just thinking back in my head as we talk about this. They've had a lot of – exciting moments remember really remember in cleveland they finished the game on a 19-0 run they come oh back gosh. they were down nine with like three minutes to go yeah finished the game on a 19-0 run to win the game like is you got that obviously you got i, I i'm i'm i, I this that laker game which was that a part was of that seven yeah. seven game seven game win streak like to me crazy. that that would to me that was like De'Aaron is Yo, the, yo, De'Aaron's that dude. Like he willed them yeah. to that game to win that game. And He's talking that talk afterwards. Too. Young, young Cole brings up a good one. That Denver split mm-hmm. on December twenty seventh and twenty eighth mm-hmm. was phenomenal. I mean, obviously they lost one of those games, mm-hmm. but just phenomenal to come back and win the second yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, it's so hard when you cover a team daily, like. I mean, I think all of us, our brains work differently. Like, you guys know John Dickinson, you know, 95-7 mm-hmm. the game. John Dickinson can, like, his recall it's for, absurd. like, <laughs> like crazy stats for, for specific games and spe- specific dates is absolutely crazy. 
And so like all of us like process games differently. And when you're covering a team and you're there every day and everything, like they blend in together, they roll in together because it, you have to, just like the team, you can't worry about what happened yesterday. You have to move on, right? Like, so if, if they string a losing streak of five games, which they haven't done, you know, if they, they start having like this elongated losing streak, then you look at more as a collective than you do as individual games. Or when they start winning all these games in a row, which is something that, again, I haven't covered in my years. Like I hadn't seen a seven game win streak. The team hadn't won, what, seven in a row since like, 2003 2004 something like that mm -hmm. so like you don't really have time to to process each loss or each win you just go on to the next one and that maybe that's why you're i'm, I'm still not in a mode where i'm 100 percent like like guaranteed like this is going to be this team is going to finish at this point in the standings and i'm just not uh but you know at, at least in the now They've been resilient. They can take a punch. They can deliver a punch. They win tight ball games. They're three and zero in overtime. You know they've got like an elite closer, an elite big man. Uh, they've you know they're fun, and that's why I like to live in the moment more than like look at the whole thing. I guess. Yeah. Hey, uh, question for both of you guys: Can you guys remember? The game that snapped the game with a seven-game winning streak. Who they lose to? I Atlanta. Know. Oh, that's phenomenal knowledge by him. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Oh, that yeah. They were just they, they were tired. just sleep that day. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. Tired that day. I wanted the Kevin Herter revenge game so bad. <laughs> yeah, they were like that was one of those games from jump where you're like, oh. And didn't oh, they no. win a road game before that? And it was like, oh, they got that first one on the road. I forgot who that was against. I could look. I have this stuff. No, the Atlanta, like, well, the Atlanta the, game is where yeah, they, they beat they Memphis. Dropped. They beat Memphis. They beat oh, Memphis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They beat Memphis the night before. Right, right. Then they went to Atlanta and lost. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good times. It ain't over. It's not over him. They're going. Well, they lost because the they only scored 106 points, and you know go. the rule is you got to get to 114. How many did they score last night? Uh, it wasn't 114. I know 109. that. 109. Score, score, score. Five more points. They would have won. The math doesn't check out in that, but if they had gotten to 114, they wouldn't have lost. That's what the. Score. Like I said <laughs> over the weekend. These are the real scores. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat the Kings by trying to outscore them. That's right. That's expert analysis. <laughs> That's uh, Facts. uh well, was it Trent Dilfer who said you can't lose in the NFL and win games? Was that I can't remember if that was Trent Dilfer or not. Did you see uh during Super Bowl week when Trent Dilfer was talking crazy about all the uh quarterbacks? No. And they pulled up that clip of him in the Super Bowl. Oh goodness. <laughs> hey, he had a wide open receiver like as wide open as you can imagine, somebody down the field, and he threw it ten yards mm. into the sideline. <laughs> hate to see it. Hate to see it. Oh, oh man, you can't Fresno lose games State, in the man. NFL and win. That's <laughs> how it works. Science, oh, man. science, baby. <laughs> put, me, put me on ESPN right now, man. I got a down pack, man. That's uh, science, baby. <laughs> uh, Kings got the. Portland Trailblazers coming out of the break. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk. Are you excited about All Star? Like you, you don't really you you you'll get a couple of days off, but you got to work Saturday. You got to work Sunday. I mean, uh, you've got to work All Star weekend for the first time in a while. I mean, outside of 
buddy's three-point shooting, you've, you've, you've got duties this weekend. Yeah, I'm not going. So, like, like once you've been to a couple of All-Stars, you're like, okay. It, it really it plays out better on TV than it does, like, any other medium. So, like, all of the, you know, the interviews and stuff, it's all shared information. There's no one-on-ones. There's no, like, like moments with players or anything else. We're going to ask them the same questions there as we did the last two weeks here in Sacramento. Um, and so like, will I cover it? Yeah, I'll watch it. I'm not going to like sit there and write a, a recap of the, the three point shootout unless Kevin Aww. Herter wins. I probably won't do a, a write up on the rising stars. unless uh, Keegan is, is the MVP. James um, just like, my but I, I still like, you can appreciate it. Like, I like the fact that they're there. I think my biggest takeaway, my biggest hope for this weekend is that Fox gets, uh, like, really gets to enjoy the weekend. He's been through, like, the darkest times that any player could possibly go through being here in Sacramento all this time. And so I'm looking forward to him having a weekend where him and the wife and the baby and mom and, you know, everyone gets to take in all-star weekend and really like be embraced as an all-star because he has been a star this year buddy hill the betting favorite to win the uh yeah, he's a hell of a three-point shooter he is he's a hell of a three-point shooter he ain't winning though uh he might win he ain't winning i'm giving it to, uh i'm giving it to kevin herter it's or like the, buddy's kevin either or dame i tyrese might win it though too laurie market might win laurie market might win Oof. that just tell Morgan he's playing against the kings he'll <laughs> He'll get some buckets. They're playing against anybody this year. Yeah, he's man, that dude's problem. crazy. He could be in the dunk contest if you tell me playing against anybody. I totally recommend fans. Go go to an all-star game. It's a blast. It's a blast as a fan, but as a reporter, like, number one, there's too many reporters, so there's not enough seats. Like, there is no personal time with the players. It's it's chaotic. I mean, even if you get a player for post game. It might be 90 seconds with the player. And, and then, you know, like DeMarcus got traded on, oh. and that ruined, like, his his all-star stuff. Yeah, it's just really wild. It's definitely fun to do, like, once. If you get the opportunity yeah. to go, like, one time, it's, and I don't think you'll ever feel like, oh, I've got to go again. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it, like, the one time. I'll go a few times, depending on the city. Well, well, and that's and that's okay. We'll send you to Indianapolis next Said year. Depending on okay. the city. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we appreciate you so much for being with us. If you're listening on the Odyssey app or on ESPN 1320, and you want more Kings talk, don't go anywhere. We'll run it back next here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go McClatchy.